Well, out in the foyer this morning, I asked Kyle, I said, are you going to be able to wrap this up in three or four sessions, this uh, continuing lesson on Cain? He says, I don't know. I think the short lesson in that is Scripture is inexhaustible. So we'll see where it goes. So let's pray for Kyle as he begins this morning. Father, thank you for Kyle. Thank you for his willingness to come. And we just pray as the word is opened, you would speak to each of us and have us hear the lessons we need to hear today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Hope everyone's doing well today. Hope you've all enjoyed your week. I hope you got to watch the Chiefs win yesterday. It was great, wasn't it? Kind of scary there for a second, but I hope that you all are having a good day. And then preparing for this message today, I was thinking about you often reflect on the past and different experiences you've had and different ways to open. And one of the things I was thinking about was the different things we go through as children when we're growing up that make us feel big, right? Make us feel like we're we're older than what we are. And we lived in town growing up, and one of the things that we often could do was when you got to be about five or six years old, if you left a toy in the car or left your jacket, right, and it was dark out, you get to take the keys and go out to the car and get them. And uh, it just made you feel so big. And you'd be walking out into the dark, and you'd turn around, and your dad would be back on the porch watching you. And so you knew you were safe. But if you got out there and you turned around just for a second and he had stepped inside, well, immediately there was this fear, right? Like, where's dad at? I don't understand. And we lived in town, so, of course, a cat would jump out under the car at that moment and scare you to death. But, but you see that and you see your, your children doing the same thing. The other night, my son, he also forgot his jacket out in the car, and so I sent him out there and... He was walking around outside and taking his time, looking at the deer and looking up, and he was constantly seeing me. But he turned around once, and I stepped inside to say something to Caitlin, and all of a sudden, you could just see it on his face, the panic, and he went 100 miles an hour and hurried up and got it and came back in. And there's this fear we have when we're children that we are fine as long as we know our Father is watching us. But if we feel as though... We are hidden from the face of the Father. There is this fear that immediately comes over us. And that is something that we can carry with us into adulthood as we go into our our walk with Christ. And we face various trying times where Satan attacks us and tells us that we are hidden from his face. But as we continue our series on Cain, turn with me, if you will, to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis 4. And we'll be reading verses 8 through 16, but first we'll kind of do a a little bit of a review on some of the aspects of the life of Cain, a little bit of what we talked about last week. Now, kind of for a brief review, remember that Cain was the first man born outside of the Garden of Eden. Cain was the first person to never experience the paradise of Garden of Eden. Cain was the first person born solely of flesh. Remember, Adam came from the dirt, Eve came from his rib. Cain was solely comprised of flesh. Cain destroyed the image of God, and Cain's desires were always the opposite of God. God wanted love. Cain brought hatred. God wanted life. Cain brought death. And there are differing aspects that we talked on in the way that you view the story of Cain. One of the ways we said was that we often look at Cain and think that since he was a murderer, we have nothing in common with him. But Cain's story is the story of man's natural nature and the way that we would naturally interact with God. 
the way that we want to be under his grace and yet live under our will and do what we want and not his. We also said that another perspective is Cain is the unrepentant sinner that receives undeserved grace, as all of us have as well. And then we spoke on the third perspective for a little bit, saying that Cain never repented. Cain only came before God to talk about his punishment and how it was too great for him to bear, coming for self-preservation, not restoration, and how sometimes we do that in our own lives as well. Now, we focused on Genesis 4-7, when God was telling Cain that sin was crouching at his door. It was a crouching beast, if you will, and it was waiting to pounce on him because its desire was for him. And we talked about sin is on our heart, and it is constantly waiting to pounce on us. And just as Cain was called to master it, so are we. But we cannot conquer it. Only Christ can conquer it. But if we follow him, we commune with him, we read his word, and we pray daily, he can help us to master the sin that is within us. And so today, as we continue on looking at the life of Cain, the heart that he held, and the reason why he did things, we will read Genesis 4, verses 8 through 16. Genesis 4, verse 8. Cain told Abel his brother, and it came about when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? He said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear. Behold, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground, and from your face I will be hidden. And I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. So the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord appointed a sign for Cain, so that no one finding him would slay him. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Now, the verse that we'll be focusing on today is Genesis 4.14, when Cain comes before God and tells him that his punishment is too much for him to bear. But first look at verse 12 and see what the punishment was that God told him. In verse 12, he said that when you cultivate the land, the land, it will no longer yield its strength to you, and you will be a vagrant and a wanderer. But in verse 14, Cain addresses that he will be driven away from the face of the ground, and he will be a vagrant and a wanderer. But he also adds, I will be hidden from your face. And he has this fear of his own life that gets added into that. Now, what was it that God was saying to him in those times to where this is what Cain brought before him, telling him that it was too much for him to bear? Well, why was he fearing for his life? Well, because he was driven away from the land. Now, there's a, a early Jewish tradition that the Israelites had that was based off of this punishment of Cain. So essentially what was happening was, and you can read about David going through this in 1 Samuel 26, is when a man was exiled from the land of Israel and cast out into the desert or into another land, 
He was taken from the land that Jehovah's face was on and put into the unknown to be under the other gods. And so it was one of the most horrible punishments that you could go through. And so they taking that from Cain. Cain is being removed from this land where his family was, where everyone was, where there was peace, where there was stability. He is being removed from the face of God and being put somewhere else. He's being put in Nod, the land of wandering. And so this fear comes upon him that he won't be able to provide because the land will not provide its strength for him. He won't be able to eat. He won't be able to save his own life. And so he comes before God pleading to him for the mark of mercy which God gives him. But why was it that Cain was being hidden from the face of God to begin with? What was it that was in his life that he was doing that was causing him to be looked at unfavorably? Well, it was the same thing that the Israelites were doing. When you read Isaiah chapter 59 and you see the prophet Isaiah talking to the children of Israel. Now, in this moment, the children of Israel were murderers and they were thieves and they were worshiping other gods and committing adultery and they were committing all these sins of the flesh. And Isaiah tells them in verses 1 and 2, Behold, the Lord's hand is not so short that it cannot save. Neither is his ear so dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so he does not hear. Your sins have hidden his face from you. And when you go on in Isaiah 59 and you start in verse 9 going forward, you see the prophet calling the children of Israel to come for repentance and to offer sacrifice and come before their God with a desire of restoration. And yet when you see Cain, you see none of those things. When God confronts him, he says, Am I my brother's keeper? And he never repents. He simply says his punishment is too much to bear. He never makes an offering with a proper heart. He never confesses. He never repents. And he never desires restoration. He simply wants the benefits of being under the grace of God. Cain was approaching God in self-preservation. But one thing that I'd like for us to do is keep your finger in Genesis 4 and then take your other finger and put it in Psalm 51. Psalm 51. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at two very different men and what they were thinking, what they were going through when they were concerned about being hidden from the face of God. And these two men are going to be Cain and David. Now, obviously, we know the story of Cain that we're in in Genesis 4, and Psalm 51 is the psalm of David after Bathsheba. But first, we'll start in Genesis 4.14. We'll read that together, Genesis 4.14. Behold, you have driven me this day from the face of the ground, and from your face I will be hidden, and I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Why was it that Cain was not wanting to be hidden from the face of God? Because of the strength of the earth, that it was providing him from his first fruits, the land, the stability that he had in not being a vagrant and a wanderer, and the preservation of his life. That is why Cain was wanting to not be separated from God. He wanted self-preservance. But now if we go to Psalm 51... And we'll read verses 9 through 12. Psalm 51, 9 through 12. And we'll see what David says about being separated from the presence of God. 
verse 9. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. So David comes to God and he says, do not hide your face from me. Hide your face from my sins. Please do not cast me away from your presence. And we see Cain saying the same thing, and it's because of, as we said, the first fruits and his life and stability. But David is saying that he doesn't want to be separated because he knows that God gives him all these things. Restore me. Sustain me. Don't take thy Holy Spirit away from me, David says. For all these reasons, please do not hide your face from me. And so we see when we look at the reasons given that these two men are on the polar opposite sides of the spectrum. They're wanting to be in the presence of God for complete opposite reasons. But as we read through the story of Cain, in a unique way, there's an understanding or an empathy that we have for him. Because it is a type of pain that he is going through that comes that you can only have from knowing God and being separated from him. Knowing him and not being allowed to be in his presence anymore. And as Christians, we know that Christ has restored us and his sacrifice he made on the cross. And when we declared him as king of our life and asked him to come into our heart, we were restored and made new. We were a new creation within him and his spirit dwells within us and we cannot be separated from him. But it still is a plausible fear for us. And so let's examine why that is real quick. So as we said, why was Cain not wanting to be hidden? Self-preservation, stability, and life. And yet when we go through trying times, when we are in the deepest, darkest pits of despair, what is it that Satan brings to us in those times? The most aggressive way that Satan will ever attack us as believers is to convince us that we were in trying times, that we are hidden from his face and he is not with us. That is the most aggressive way that he will constantly attack us. Think about the things that come into your head when this is happening. Why is this happening to me and not them? I've served Christ for all these years. Why am I going through this? They're a good person. I don't understand why they're going through this. All these things. And because we don't understand God's timing and we don't understand God's will for our life, Satan immediately comes and convinces us that the curse of Cain is upon us and that he is not with us. But he is, and we know he is, but it's still those things. When we are concerned about resources and we don't know how we're going to buy groceries or we don't know how we're going to pay this bill or we don't know what the future holds, if we're going to have to move or we're going to have to take a new job or why did I get laid off or why is my health this way or why is my spouse suffering in this way, all three of the same concerns that Cain had We know we have to be in his face to be blessed with. But we also know that he walks with us in these trying times and we are not alone. So when we go through these times and when Satan is attacking us with this thought, what is it that we must do? We must follow him. We must commune with him. We must pray with each other. We must lift each other up. And we must turn to scripture. And we must turn to Christ. Now turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 12.
John chapter 12. We're going to see these four concerns of Cain. What does Jesus Christ say about them? What does he say about these things? While you're turning, I'll address the first one. The first one, the strength of the land, the first fruits and food. When Jesus Christ was in the desert being tempted and Satan came to him, that is the very first thing that he brought before him was a concern of food and and being sustained. And he tells him, if you are the chosen one, then turn these stones into bread and eat. And how does Christ reply to him? He says, it is written that man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Christ is saying in those moments, just as David did, that it is not just the things of this land that sustain us. That is not the only reason why we are to be in the presence of God. It is his very spirit and his presence that sustain us. And so what about the other three things that we talked about? Well, John 12, verses 25 through 26 address these. The fear of being hidden, the fear of being a wanderer, and the fear for our lives. John 12, 25. He who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If we serve him and we give up the desires of our heart to follow after him and to be within his will, it says that we will preserve our life from this one into the next because we have focused on him and death is no longer a fear for us. Because we are constantly in his presence. And he is a shepherd leading us. And if we follow him, then we are never a vagrant or a wanderer. Because there is always a direction. And he is always with us. And because he is the shepherd leading us, we are never hidden from his face. There is never a time where we are hidden from his face. There may be times where we do not understand what is going on. Or it may be hard to accept what his will is in the moment. But we are not hidden from his face. If we truly thought that what Satan was telling us and the curse of Cain was upon us and we were hidden from his face, then we would not be crying out to him. You only cry out because you know that you are being heard and you know that your God is present. That is why we cry out to him. But this pain that we go through in these moments, this understanding of of Cain in a way, this this understanding of what it feels like, the fear to be separated from God because we know him, is the very reason that we are called to bear witness to a lost world. To bear witness to them, to tell them of the love of God, to explain to them what they are missing out on. Are we hidden from the face of God? At one point we were when we were lost, and they are as well. Now we often hear the the quote that Forrest uses, and I can't remember who it came from, but... Why are we surprised when the lost act lost? And you could add that, add to that and say, why are we surprised when the lost do not know that they are lost? And it is because they have never experienced the love and the grace of Christ. They have never been under his face. And so it is on us to tell them what they are missing out on so that they do not go through the eternal pain that we sometimes are afraid of and being hidden from his face in trying times. So in conclusion, what I hope that we take 
with us today and something to meditate on as you go through this week is the state of your heart and where you are when it comes to these things. Now, have you ever felt like you were hidden from the face of God in trying times? When it comes to issues on stability, resources, when your health was in limbo, did you ever feel like you were hidden from his face when you cried out to him? Always remember the sacrifice of Christ's blood, his mercy and his grace, and that is what allows us to know that we are never hidden from him. He is the shepherd, he leads us, and he is always with us, even to the end of the age. And the curse of Cain is not upon us, because the cross of Christ has saved us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for everything you've given us. We thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for the sacrifice that you made from us for us, Lord. We thank you that we are never hidden from your face, that you always see us, that your grace and mercy is always upon us. We pray as we go through this week, Lord, that we take time to reflect on others that we may know in our lives others whose sin and unrepentance has caused them to be hidden from you. And we pray that you give us the strength to allow our light to shine, to not hide it under a bushel, to pursue them for the sake of your kingdom, Lord. We pray these things in your name. Amen.